Hello, my name is Jennifer McClure, and you're listening to HR Talk with Ricky and JC. Welcome back to HR Talk with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Summer Sherrod. Hi, Jennifer, Summer, I'm JC. It's a pleasure to be back on this show once again, and to be back in the northern studios, the five-star studios, the home base studios. I don't even have a name for the closet that I stand in, but it's good to be back in my own space up near the northern border. And going across the bow to sunny central Florida, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy that is in charge of everything, human resources, the keynote speaker, the gray-haired savant. The guy that you could drop paper clips in front of, and he would tell you exactly how many are laying on the table. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. Ricky Byers. 758 paper clips. 758 paper clips? That's right. 758. That's how many. My man. How you been? That's right. Outstanding, brother. Really good, actually. Hey, it's so good to be back in the uh, in the standard yeah. hot seat right here. You know, compared to uh, the uh, the hotel set up last week. You know, hotel was real great though. Um, that Garden City setup that they had down there, great great people. Uh, Claire, Claire, believe it or not, there's a lady by the name of Claire that runs that hotel. Very good people as well. Very big, very fantastic, very glitzy, very nice. Very, very good <laughs> okay. place. Yeah. Very everything. Very, very everything. Good Claire. And a uh, big thank you going out to the Halcyon House of uh, Thomasville, Georgia, for all your assistance over the past week or so. They help out uh, with um, women and children that are getting back on their feet after uh, maybe a, a battered instance or two and uh, trying to restart their lives. And a uh, big shout out too, to the Thomasville, Georgia County Library and uh, accepting the donations of our family oh. to start new lives and new paths. And uh, kudos to everyone helping out over the past week or so. So with all that being said, not going to belabor things. Rick, it's been a crazy week. You've been a very busy man. I can't reach you. I can't reach you. It's, uh, yeah, it's You're it's constantly very in a busy. Zoom conference, Rick. I <laughs> I know, I am. Well, because it, it's that's the way to communicate these days. No more face-to-face meetings. No more traveling, except if you're going to Georgia, which I got questions for you later on. That's okay. But, Bring them out anytime. I don't care. Everything is Zoom. Everything is Zoom. Yeah. Everything is teleconference in my car, in my office, at Subway. I don't go to Subway. Just kidding. Um, at a public, at a public, when I'm getting a sub, I'm in a conference all the time. I do miss Subway, though. I like Subway. <sighs> really? Yeah. It's I just, never liked it. Yeah. It's just crappy, crappy it sandwiches. Is. It really is. Yeah. But every now and yeah. then, it just kind of hits the spot. It's yeah. like when you get that hankering for like a... Uh, a Domino's pizza that a guy's been carrying around in his car for two hours that he can't sell, and he's got the extra cups of garlic butter. You're like, yeah, let me just yeah, do this. There you go. Let me do it. Wait, so, so hold on. I got a question for you. How can you? How can you? Do me a favor. Want do me a favor stuff? before you continue with this question. Stop oh, telling me you have questions in our conversation. This is I have a, a question path. for you. I understand I your English. You. Jesus, <laughs> we're talking okay. here. Yo tengo una pregunta para ti, ¿ok? Esta es la pregunta. Lo siento, no hablo español. Un momento, por favor, interprete. Sí, no Spanish. Shut up. Could you please interpret for yourself now? Go on. <laughs> I will. So, 
how can you possibly want or earn for a subway sub when you live in an area where Wegmans exist and they have the most amazing subs I've had outside of the public? Oh, corridor? yeah. COVID. That's why. Because sometimes you can't get what you want. COVID. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, so let's go Wegmans get subs. Wegmans doesn't from... allow you to go in let's... and Subway does. Yeah, Got let's it. get subs from Walmart today. Why? Because <laughs> we can't get them anywhere else. Walmart's the only like chain that's open today. Cool. Yeah, good. Sounds good. What about you know Wegmans? What? Yeah, we could go to Wegmans, but you can't get a sandwich from a person making a sub because their hands touch something or they're breathing on people. I don't know. There's too many restrictions up here, Rick. Our governor came out with new rulings this past week, and he officially mm-hmm. determined, Mr. Baez, he officially determined that chicken wings are not food. What? See, there was a rule that we had here where a bar could be opened and you could go get alcoholic beverages right now. But you had to buy food. So creative owners that have been closed for months expanded their menus, and Uh they let you buy Cuomo fries. (laughs) Yeah, it was like six French fries for a dollar. That was it, you know? Or or you could buy (laughs) a chicken wing, you know? (laughs) Like, like, it was just very small things to go along with, like, your $30 drink menu. So the, uh, the state cracked down on that. And then uh, he started defining exactly what is food. And according to the governor of New York State, chicken wings are not a substantive food to equal a meal. So hence, if you go to a bar or restaurant to order chicken wings and beer, it does not count as a qualifying meal under the new New York State COVID restrictions for them to properly serve you. To equal a meal... The chicken wings or the chicken or whatever it is, it has to have bread. So so restaurants, after this came out, have been doing open-faced chicken wing platters. Uh, you get 12 wings and a piece of white bread. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a joke, man. This is it's awesome. a, how, how far is the state going to control your life at the end of the day? I don't, I got I don't good know. Questions. Hold on. So if he's oh, saying that chicken wings brother. are not considered a meal... But for you to be considered as a business, as a restaurant, you have to start, serve meals. What's Buffalo Wild Wings? What's the Wing House? What is all these bars in Buffalo doing that their main bread and butter, no pun intended, are chicken wings? Yeah, dude, I, you restaurant. got me on that one. And then I also have to ask myself, like, what about KFC? Exactly. Like, they what? Know how much they have chicken? Legs and breast. Well, well, exactly. How much chicken does it take to qualify to be more than... Bread. An appetizer, and now it's a meal. They got biscuits. Eleven point five ounces of chicken equals Pretty just an appetizer, but twelve ounces is a meal with bread. <laughs> like really, <laughs> right? like really? Come on, come okay, so on! I missed that one this week. So, what the whole purpose of that is? Because people were getting creative with the menus. Oh yeah, because local businesses were reopening. They uh-huh. don't want people to gather, and in turn. If you're going to go out for a meal and have some drinks, that will keep you safe. If you go out for a, a meal, you'll be safe. If you go out for just drinks with an appetizer, you're not safe. <laughs> it's those combinations. It's like the, it's, the, those, it's radical combinations, Rick. It's it like really is. Michael Keaton Batman, right? When he figured <laughs> out 
what Joker was doing with the with the uh, makeup and combination with the deodorant. That's when you turn into the Joker. That's exactly what's happening. Now, look, you are the hotbed in the United States between you and Texas for the most like active cases of this coronavirus in the entire world. And the media says. And that is what the media says. But at the same time, I mean, keeping it in perspective, like three times the amount of people have died in New York because the governor chose to take all the elderly and, and sick and push them together into nursing homes and create a situation where, like, he created death. But that's and chicken fine. wings are no longer food. And chicken wings are no longer food. Yeah. So there's there's a whole thing going on. You're in the hotbed of this, Rick. Um, people are dying left and right beside you. Everyone you know is infected with the disease. I mean, what, what are we talking? How severe is your life right now? Uh, I can't answer that last part of that sentence, but nobody's died that I know of. Um, nobody. I got a few people that I know that have been infected, but they're doing okay. They got nothing more than what NyQuil can cure. Wait a second. Uh, but again, the NyQuil. So it's like yeah, flu-like yeah. symptoms. They, they got the sniffles. Yeah. Okay. It, so it, hang on a second. Hang on. Let me wrap my head around positive. this. I have uh-huh. to wrap my head around this real quick. So okay. the COVID numbers is all people are talking about. And it's this this thing that impacts people so drastically different as well. Some people get really sick and 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 they pass. Others don't get sick at all. And oddly, this year there's there's no numbers associated with the flu or pneumonias. <laughs> but there's bigger okay. issues. No, that- <laughs> I got it. Yeah, no, it's cool, man. Um, so go on. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> You're okay. Oh, you had chicken wings for breakfast. Did you know that's not food? It's not a meal. It's not it's food. It's not a meal. It's not, not a meal. A it's meal. bad for you. It's not a meal. Governor Cuomo said it's not a meal. <laughs> you put that back. You put those down. Not a meal. Not a meal. You feel like I should help you with your groceries, Grandma, or something? No, dude. So let me tell you how this is affecting me here in Florida. And this is legit. This happened to us a couple of days ago. It was about 9.05. This actually happened Friday night, 9.05, my wife, Kit, and I were driving around and, you know, just to get some food, we, we went to, uh, to a Mexican restaurant, get some food. We're coming back home and we're like, oh man, we need eggs and stuff for uh, breakfast. It's 9.05. <laughs> like, all right, let's go to Publix. Closed. Oh man, let's go to, um, uh, um, when Dixie closed, all right, Walmart is open. They never close. We go to Walmart. They closed. For overnight all, cleaning, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they all close at 9 p.m. Yeah. And, you know, and here's the thing. The biggest impact, and this may sound really dumb, the biggest impact I have seen is my interruption of what my daily or nightly routine used to be when it comes to getting groceries, getting gas, whatever you need to get, going to the store. I went to Guitar Center about a, a, uh, about a week ago, and it's like you're getting into a nightclub. You got to do, do a you line mean? on the outside. Well, you, you, they, they can be no more than, than 20 people in the store at a time. There's a line outside, and there's a guy. He literally has a jacket just checking things with a, with a, uh, a, um, uh, a clipboard. And I'm like, what's the clipboard for? Oh, you have to make a reservation and come in. I'm like, oh, my God. What is going on Sir, here? you're not on the list. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Well, I don't know. Mr. George Washington and his two friends. George Washington for $3 says I can. Have you met Mr. Lincoln? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Checkbook. Here you go. Don't catch that till next week. Um, So, yeah, it's that's what's been happening. Have you heard of the coin shortage? 
I've got <laughs> 10 Lincolns right here for you. All coin. Hold up. That's national? Yeah. I thought it was just here. Now, interestingly as well, my friend, um, people I know that have gone to the bank in an attempt to take their rolled coins to turn them in to get cash, the banks are not accepting them either. Why? I don't know. But you could use your credit card. No problem. Ah, wait. When you... when you send coins or, or dollars to the bank, the, the, the bills that are more frayed, they send them to the central bank, to the Federal Reserve. They burn it, and they create new one in its place. Could it be that? It's easier to burn the paper than to melt down the copper and the nickel? No. No? Oh, okay. Then, yeah. My yeah, theory is no out idea. the window. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> that is weird. There's a coin shortage, and the bank is not accepting coins. Yeah, man. Huh. Yeah, strange. Yeah, I was I was at Publix yesterday, and they're saying please use exact exact change as uh, as you can, as we are experiencing a coin shortage. Yeah, like, it's huh? it's all over the uh, all over the world right now. The the whole shortage thing. Talking about the world, talking about shortages, talking about uh, medical things. If mm-hmm. if you find yourself in a situation where you feel shortchanged in life because you just had Corona, and now you have to tell your employer. Where does that fall within the realm of ADA, Rick? Do you have to tell your employer that you were sick? Are you covered under ADA? Um, Is it because they deemed it to be like a pandemic thing that it's exempt from any like, I I, I don't know. Like, what if if you're disabled at the back end of Corona? I I don't understand how Corona and ADA could be in the same sentence together. Do you? They could now absolutely they How? could yeah How? because because you could have an underlying ADA qualifying condition that can make coronavirus just that much more deadly ah, or like an asthma or something isn't. like a who like asthma or 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 a breathing Correct. condition or a- asthma or leukemia or HIV something of that nature yeah something that brings your immune system that much more lower all right um so yeah so that's that's ADA qualifying so, so ADA can be included in the same conversation as COVID. All right. So with that discussion, then, do you have to tell your employer that you've got all these ailments in conjunction with any possibility of a fever? Like, so I, I don't know. So, man. Talk I know to what me. you're saying. And so only the only time you should, I'm not saying you have a responsibility as an employee, but the only time you should bring up any concerns to your employer is if they're asking you or if they're requiring you to perform a duty within your regular job that may interfere or may affect you medically or may affect your health because of your underlying ADA condition. So, yes, you do have to ask for an accommodation and ask the employer you are required to engage in that dynamic dialogue, which interesting okay. talking about it because today jc you know what today is right what's today uh yes i do what's hang today? on a second here. sunday yeah. let me get it i uh-huh. i have a clip for this do you yes okay. i do ready I'm set born ready happy friggin birthday happy friggin birthday ada that's right 30 years it old you, today <laughs> it took you 10 seconds to get the happy birthday song. yeah i wasn't ready for that <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, today is the 30th year anniversary for the Americans with Disabilities Act. 
signed into law by President George H.W. Bush. Happy friggin' birthday! 30 years old. You've been able to drink for the past 11 years. Good job. Nine years, actually. <laughs> Good job. Non-discrimination um, on the basis of disability in state and local government services. So, mm-hmm. if you have a qualifying disability, you can't be discriminated against. If you have a non-qualifying disability or you develop a disability from a non-qualifying instance, and if it's not covered under ADA, they could discriminate upon you with no hesitation or delay. <laughs> no, it doesn't right? say it that way. No, you're a hundred percent wrong. Well, you're fifty percent wrong. Um, uh-huh. Yes, if you do have, I almost went there. If you do have an underlying condition, again, you should strike up that conversation with your employer. Ask the employer. You should engage in that dynamic dialogue in the efforts of coming to an accord, aka a medical accommodation. That medical accommodation cannot be cannot produce an undue burden for the organization to where the organization is going to experience significant financial impact. And there's your title two. Uh, we skipped ahead. Title one was uh, equal employment opportunity for individuals with disabilities. You already touched on that. Title three, public accommodation, non-discrimination under the basis of disability mm-hmm. by public accommodations in commercial facilities. Uh, so mm-hmm. that basically means that uh, maybe you have to have a handle by the uh, uh, toilet, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And, and some buildings put in a ramp, uh, for a wheelchair access. Absolutely. Don't you love it? How some convenience stores, like you still have to pull the door open like Seven Eleven. Thanks for being a multi-million dollar like organization. <laughs> Why can't your doors open by themselves? Why do I have to like open the door with my foot or my pinky finger? You know, man, uh, title, okay. title <laughs> IV on this one, Rick, that's telecommunications. That's also built within huh? there. Title IV. Yeah. And then there's so title, title V. <laughs> title V is so the miscellaneous five. provisions. Those are Roman numerals. Go ahead. Keep going. I think the miscellaneous provisions let you do anything that you want. And then uh, there's uh, that's it. So there's your there's your ADA no, in a no. nutshell. <laughs> no, look, look, it's ADA. Actually, ADA is more important right now than what it has been in the past 10 years. I love the way you just said that. Important. Uh, Important. important right now. I'm thirsty. It is, important. it is more important. It's bien importante. Yes. Important. Um, right now, as it has been in the past 10 years, uh, right now, even before COVID hit, which I'm tired of talking about it, but even before COVID hit, uh, unemployment was really, really good. At, at the very least, in Central Florida, unemployment was at about 3.54%. Um, you want to take a wild guess, JC, what the disability unemployment in Central Florida was? Uh, it was. I, I think that was somewhere around seventy three. No. Wow. No. Uh, actually, eight percent. It was double of what the regular unemployment 8%, was. Eight percent, but the average age was seventy three. I think. Right. I don't know about that. No, I don't think so. There was something with seventy three has... in there, or was it seven plus three? Seven, eight, nine, ten. I, no, I neither. No, I don't 10%. think so. Ten percent. Seven plus three. Ten percent. Yes. What it was. You. No, so uh, it, it's so now now um, with unemployment being so high due to the uh, pandemic. So I would only assume that disability unemployment is even higher, and with all the strain on the um, uh, government resources that there are for people who need those services, uh, now they're not seeing them because uh, some government employees are not working, they're furloughed or working from home or only essentials are going. This really is a bad circle. A bad, vicious cycle well, is happening right now. Do you, do you want to hear an even worse vicious cycle that's emerging 
right now as in the midst of Corona. Go ahead. Dr. Uh Jenny Root. Do you know her? I do not. Who is that? On the Twitter, it's at dr underscore Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y underscore Root, R-O-O-T, at Dr. Jenny Root. Now, her university in Florida, and I believe this is FSU, by the way, just announced that effective August 7th, the university will no longer allow employees to care for children while working remotely. And this is news to her. She says, I can't even process that. The pandemic is not over and will not be over by then. It'll probably be over by the elections of ending, but not by that point. So Dr. Jenny Rood is bringing to light the fact that Florida State University has a mandate in place to make sure that you can no longer allow employees to care for your children while you're working. Now, Wait, is this FSU or UF? FSU. Now, Dr. So Christy Seymour chimed in on the Twitter feed uh, saying bluntly it's discrimination. Also, how on earth will they monitor this? Random house checks? Ridiculous. If they produce a policy like this, they need to include free child care to offset it. It also feel an incredibly sexist and will push many women out of remote roles. That was sexist. So there's no male single parents? Right. So that in itself is sexist. Go yeah. ahead. Thanks, Dr. Christie. <laughs> I have a penis and I can't watch children. My children. Thank you. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> that, that's what you just insinuated. I just brought the know, medical terms words. to the table. Keep going. What the hell? Man, <laughs> guys going. can watch kids too, though. Oh, Jesus. Keep going. Next story. <laughs> I'm supporting what you said, Mr. Baez. Don't you Next have my story. last name now? <laughs> <laughs> you brought this up. I didn't put this on you. So look, uh, uh-huh. Dr. Root was interviewed, and she added that the university's recent staff rule makes me feel like I'm failing at everything I do, and that her employers are acting like they gave us this privilege to watch our children while we worked, when that's <laughs> literally what I had to do. At this point, those of us with employers on the other side, you know, the ones that acknowledge the COVID-19 pandemic is something that we're operating under in the remote workforce, that we are workers, we're humans, and we do not have superpowers or trust funds And we're counting our lucky stars at the fact that we could still work. But we have to wonder if the FSU ruling doesn't turn out to be illegal. Will it turn out to be the beginning of a new trend, a terrible trend in the state of Florida? As the summer goes on, will more companies make their workers choose between their job and their children? Bad policy. And let me tell you why that's going to be bad for that organization. If it's true, because we're only hearing one side of the story. If it's true, and any other organization that decides to follow suit. I don't know if you're seeing this, JC, up in uh, New York, but I know in Florida, we're having big issues on well, actually huge divide in our school system and what's going to happen in the two, uh, 2020 school year coming up here next month in, in August. We're trying, we still don't know if we're going to push it back. We still don't know if it's going to, actually, we do know. We do have some options about how the school system is going to start. You're going to have either a hybrid model where you go to school or and you're at home taking classes at home or you're in school 100% of the time. Or you do this thing called a launch pad, which is the same thing you would do in school with the bell and the, uh, and the structure and the schedule, but you're doing it from home. There's a lot, about 50% 
as of last Friday, 50% of the people that were supposed to um, uh, make a selection that did, uh, they said they wanted homeschool. They wanted the launch pad. So that means the other 50% are going to want either a hybrid or 100% in school. About 50% of the people who want it in school, they're not making the choice because they're taking a stance because they have no choice. They have no childcare. They got nowhere else to go. And I hope there isn't. It isn't for a reason that like uh, their their company is not pu- uh, pulling a policy like FSU is doing. I don't know that, but that's going to be an issue going forward, and, there, and, brother. And are, you, are you just said fifty percent, right? Fifty, yes, five, five zero. zero. You know, fifty yeah. percent of the time it's one hundred percent right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're halfway there. You're right. That's right. No, now look, that- employers. They may be forced to figure something out soon. This is from the L.A. Times. As a reality, the rising cases and remote schooling sets in for working parents across the country, according to Rachel McCann, a senior director at the HR consulting firm Willis Towers Watson. The changes we've all seen have led to shock, dismay, and anger, but I think companies are about to move into acceptance, McCann said. We actually have to be dealing with this for the next 12 months. There's no more denying that a pandemic is here and research from Willis Towers Watson found that before March companies were offering some parental support, but very wildly from sector to sector. Now, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, as you listen to us talking about this today, this is coming not just from the LA times and, and art an article as well um, that had tweets from FSU employees, but these articles are on the heels of us already talking to summer Sherrod two weeks ago about this exact thing. So it's yep. good to know. That once again, what you hear on this show gets regurgitated back into the news, That's into right. the media. And this turns out to be something that you actually discuss. And then you move forward with as a thought leader to come up with alternative ways, methods, and means to to press on, to, to come up with a new way of being. And then it comes back to us and we get to talk about it again. And we get reminded of the fact that, yes, we help bring this to the table. So, yes, you're welcome. 50%. That's you're welcome. Right. 50% you're welcome. of the time. 50%. That's, That's right. right. So, um, child care. In the workplace, yes. big thing. And uh, Rick, what are you thinking here, man? It, it, here, it, it's here. It's a crappy policy. At the end of the day, it's a crappy policy. JC, you and no, I. No, no, no. Talked- I mean, with the Willis Towers Watson part, though, where they're saying this is an evolution. This is something that employers should come to the table and try to adopt and change yes. their methods and means. This is this is something that needs to be amended. It, this is something that employers need to be on the forefront on. But it, it's it's. Let me stop there for a second because you don't only have issues with parents of uh, it's having their kids at home, but you also have an issue. I, well, I don't want to call them an issue. You've got some some parents of special needs kids who are going to need even more flexibility from their employer because. Now, what's happening in the school system right now with the delay and the different kinds of classes that they're offering, that really, really hits, uh, hits home to a lot of kids. But it, it does it even worse for those special needs kids who need that structure, right? So now you have even more of a burden on the parent. That is a huge undertaking if both parents are still together. What about all those single parents that have special needs kids? It's going to be an issue later on, brother, and we got to be flexible with it. Kaiser Permanente, Los Angeles's largest private sector employer with more than 40,000 workers in early April, took the step of offering $300 per week to pay for child care. The money awesome. could be used to pay a child care center or could go directly to a relative or a friend. 
Now, Steve Trossman, Director of Public Affairs at SEIU UHW, the union that represents 55,000 workers at Kaiser Permanente across the state of California, noted that the program was halted June 14th at the end of the school year. The unions are urging Kaiser right now to reinstate the benefit because it's clear that most schools will not open for in-person classes. Kaiser Permanente declined to provide details on other benefits it's offered to working parents during the pandemic, but noted in a statement mm. that the initial child care support program was temporary in nature, adding that the organization is exploring other options that are more sustainable to assist employees with child care challenges, including leveraging remote work for those employees where it is feasible to remain productive. Now, one COVID hit that had to shift gears very quickly, said Andy Ortiz, senior VP of HR for Cedars-Sinai. The organization allowed employees who could work remotely to do so, enabled more flexible scheduling, and offered a child care payment of $100 per day for workers whose jobs require them to interact with patients, like nurses. $100 a day? Wow. As 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 this is being dissected by the L.A. Times, these clips that I'm giving you right here, uh, and, mm-hmm. and please, as always, promoting the article. It's titled "Working Parents Face a Child Care Crisis." Here's how L.A. employers are handling it. L.A. Times. Stop by their website. Great article. Not even getting into the breadth of it. The um, long and short of it here, brother. There's there's a lot going on, and it's not like a blanket that you could apply to everything either. It is exactly. employer centric. Right. It's the nature of the job. That's why I'm saying there shouldn't be a blanket for it. The only blanket policy that there should be is flexibility and empathy or empathy and compassion. If the employer just followed those two things and just whatever they decide after having a conversation with the parent or the employee who happens to be a parent and whatever they decide to do, as long as it shows empathy, compassion, understanding, then you cannot go wrong as an employer. Well, you could. But to pull, how? By making bad choices. How are they bad choices if they no no, both no, no, come no, no, no. I didn't say that those were bad choices, but an employer could make bad choices, and that would be going wrong. Then. <laughs> You're 50% right. Thank you, sir. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. It's, it's <laughs> the least I do. Trust me. Okay. Hey, this story compounds, Rick, and just to wrap it up a little bit right here, Harvard Business Review as well jumped on the train of this over the past couple weeks since our show was summer, and people are chiming in left and right with advisement on things that you could do to remain effective in your remote place right now. Um, Tanya M., a mother of one in the United States through Harvard Business Review, saying, stagger your day. Her husband and her, they both work from home, and they stagger the times that that they wake up and that they take care of the kids and when they work mm-hmm. and their break times, et cetera. Uh, Lori Kay, mother of two in the U.S., start your day with a D3 review. I don't know what that means. Maybe it's a What's review. I, to me, I think D3 means like college football. Like go start using like the <laughs> rosters and and see how good the local community college is going to do this year. But what but she just said means, 3D wrong. It's okay. Yeah, yeah okay. right. But what she's Dimension talking about third. is D3 meaning one delayed to delegated to another member of your team uh, is not dumping on them. It's an opportunity for them to learn new skills. And three does not need to get done. 
So focus uh, and start your day with the <laughs> the three Ds and determine whether oh, or not they apply. I just wish everybody listening can watch JC explaining these right now. He's throwing fingers up in the air like number one, and this happened number That's two. That's right. It's almost like you're throwing up gang signs. It's, HR gang. You heard it here first, folks. You know. Uh, find teaching opportunities. Grandparents make great teachers. Outsource. Be honest. Let go of perfection. Nap time is focus time at, at your job. Make time to connect with your partner through all this. Show uh, show each other your work throughout the day. Chores for that. everybody. Respect space. Yeah. Practice gratitude. There's there's tons of these. Uh, Harvard Business Review right here. HBR readers to juggle and work and kids in a pandemic by the How Harvard Business Review staff. Dated July 22nd. Stop by, check that out. It's in the work balance section. Very good article as well, though, too. So it's a hot button issue, Rick. A lot of people are talking about it. Back to you. Bro, absolutely. And it, it, it's they are. And I, I, I'm lucky enough to work with organizations that are empathetic to their employees' own different, unique personal situation. And that's what organizations need to do going forward. And for, for everybody listening right now who works for an employer that is implementing such harsh rules and, and, and policies like, like FSU is being alleged to do, then know that you're working for an asshole employer. Do whatever you need whoa, to do right whoa, now. Whoa, no, whoa, abs- whoa, it's true. Whoa, whatever. Whoa. Asshole employer. Whoa. Absolutely. Yes. Well, you got upset at the word penis earlier, so I could do that <laughs> when you say the word asshole. So come no, on. Whoa. Hold up. Whoa. No, I didn't get upset whoa. at the word penis. I got upset at the word in conjunction with something else, but yeah, whatever, dude. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a second. Hang on a second. Let's go back on that. You the just. Gabagoo. Wait. No, you're saying right now you're not upset about penis. You're upset about asshole. That's what you're saying to no, me right now. That's not what I'm saying right now. Okay. That is not what, what I'm are saying. you trying to tell me? You're using I'm not going to bring that back up. I'm not going to bring that back up. I'm not going to do it. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, you're working for an we asshole. We try to have we try to have a very clear and and concise family oriented <laughs> show. And you see what happens? I family can't take you anywhere. Family oriented show. I can't take you anywhere. Fa- family oriented show. Do you really think? Parents and grandparents are gathering their kids around the radio at 8 p.m. on a Sunday to listen to Ricky and JC. It's time for Florida Man Stories. Florida Man Stories, our most popular segment. (laughs) has been requested to be taking part of the uh, remainder of the program today, believe it or not. We are currently 34 minutes in. We already had the use of bad words, and Ricky got upset. So with that, we're just going to switch right away. You're still mad. We're going to switch right away and immediately get into our Florida stories. And some of these are employer-related, and uh, this is going to be a very long run. I have some. Rick has some. So transitioning directly into the Florida stories, Rick, this first one. It's all about a Florida woman hiring independent contractors. As we're talking about some of the benefits that uh, employers provide to employees, Mm -hmm. independent contractors aren't always thought of in that regard, right? Well, not it's no, not really. I mean, it depends on what they're doing, right? So, correct. What is this person doing? Uh, Well, the the Florida woman, yeah, she uh, she hired an independent contractor. Uh, to kill her stepfather to collect the life insurance. This was down in Delam, Florida. A 31-year-old woman's been charged <laughs> with collecting $750,000 in life insurance after hiring an independent contractor to bump off her stepfather last year, according to Florida police. I highly doubt 
she's filing any 1099 form with the federal government for that one. Yeah, I don't think and she's if she filing. is. If she is, what a great citizen to make sure that the government has their fair share. Also, what an idiot citizen for making sure you hired a contract killer. Who was he looking to kill? I love that. Her stepfather. <laughs> what? No, I don't love that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Why? Why was he looking to kill her stepfather? Does it say? $750,000 in insurance money. <laughs> wow. That's why. Okay. Here I thought you was talking about contractors versus W-2. No, you mean a contract killer. Oh, yeah. An well, I, I was just going with the headline. You know the fast food society that we're in. You see a headline, you go with it, right? That is true. Yeah. Clickbait. You got me. Story. Ricky, over to you. All right. So I've got one. This is this one. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Florida man applied for job and led to his arrest in a 1998 cold case. What? So, yeah. <laughs> this is from USA Today uh, by Ryan Miller. So apparently Todd Barkett, 51, was arrested uh, on Wednesday when he was charged with first-degree murder in connection with a 1998 slaying of some, some lady, 68-year-old woman working alone in a consignment shop. So apparently this guy applied for a job. Uh, it's 2020. And it, apparently there was an incident that happened in 1998. There was some fingerprints. And when he applied for this job, uh, in 2020, they did a background check. They ran those fingerprints, and it matched to what happened back in 1998. Oh, so my God. He, he wanted to get a job. He was tired of COVID, and he decided to do it, and look what happened. See the consequences of getting a job? Just kidding. <laughs> get a job. Just don't be an asshole and kill people. Oh, you, you used the word again. Wow. Um, bleep me out. Good Lord. Yeah. What, what, what? Conscious <laughs> choices today. It's fine. We are not on PBS. We're not on Sesame Street. Uh, they don't right? want anything to do with us, by the way. Like earlier on <laughs> in this whole thing, when we were much more professional and, ah, and I was tapping into like, yeah, much more professional. Uh -huh. And I was tapping into some old contacts. Someone within the network and the system over at NPR turned back to me and yeah. said, JC, look, love you guys. Love the audio value and production. Love what you're bringing to the table. We're actually already going to start moving forward with the show just like that um, because you guys are too raw. And I was like, wait a minute. You're going to copy us and do it your own way. Yeah, we don't need you. <laughs> so they don't want us. And uh, that show has since canceled itself. So <laughs> we're go. still around. You say. know what I mean? <laughs> I love when the garbage takes itself out. That's awesome. Story. Your stories continue. So this one for you, Rick. Uh, this was written by Claire Gillespie. Unmasked Florida woman purposefully coughs on brain tumor patient, and the shocking video did go viral. This happened at the start of July. Now, lots of people are doing everything they can to curb the spread of the COVID-19, which may become the COVID-19.5, which could later be COVID-19.7. Unfortunately, <laughs> there are still people who ignore social distancing guidelines, and they belly rub from time to time. They won't stay home if they're sick, and they refuse to wear face coverings. Then there's people that go just a bit further than non-compliance. Like this unmasked woman who deliberately coughed on a brain tumor patient. Now, this story, it says deliberately coughed on a brain tumor patient. That's hard. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. 
So uh, in June, Heather Sprague, a mom of 10 from Jacksonville, Florida, who's being treated for her brain tumor at the Mayo Clinic, took a rare trip out of her home for an appointment in the center of her local town. While she waited for appointment time, she put on her face mask and went into a Pier 1 store in St. Johnstown Center to get out of the heat. Personally, I would stay in the car. That's just me. Especially if I'm, I don't know, teach your own. <laughs> Pier 1, the place for AC. So yesterday I learned firsthand the power of, of conscientious bystanders. It took 30 seconds to end and 15 minutes of uh, aggressive harassment. Uh, it became apparent that they belonged to a woman. This, uh, there's a whole thing about potty dances and, and people being upset and, and a lady getting mad and, and a lady positioned herself so the clerks couldn't exit the checkout area and screamed that she was going to stay right there, yelling as loud as she wanted. She wasn't wearing a mask. And then she coughed on the woman with the brain tumor that went into Pier 1 to get the AC and air conditioning at the time. And it's a story in health.com. I, so hold on. I didn't read hold this on. from the beginning, though. Um, I just went with the headline. This sounds weird to me. It does sound weird. So the delay. Now, I'm not saying coughing on somebody is a good thing, but did she know? Did the cougher know that the I don't know cough e <laughs> had a brain tumor? No, no. It, so it just happens to have a brain. The person happens to have one, and they're using it as clickbait. There you go again. And they just so happen to go into Pier One to get out of the heat. I mean, they need the help, right? Pier One. Who but goes Pier, to Pier One, one? was mentioned, <laughs> right? So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so, they need help. Yeah, was the they story put together by Pier One? I got <laughs> no, a great but- idea. Now, 50% of the time, a story like this is going to work. 100% of the time. Story! Well, hold on. It, it, it's, 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 I do have a good one also. I want to say, isn't it interesting that coughing has become an assault weapon? Dude, you know what bothers me? Is when you're wearing that mask, you're out in public, you have to cough. And you're used to putting your hand over your face when you cough. And now you're not doing that. So now you're just coughing into the mask and then it's running (laughs) down your chin. Like, it bothers me. Yeah, I I can't get away from that. Like, oh, I had to clear my throat five times today. Now it's moist inside my mask. I can't. uh, Right. Now I have moist beard. And now I'm breathing in moist air. Like, there's a whole thing that's going on there. I'm getting COVID just listening to you tell that story. I know. It's It's like weird. It's so moist. You know? Stop saying that. <laughs> no, it, it, it's. Do I have to I, play the jingle again? Are you ready with your story? No, I, yeah, I'm good. Jeez, I'm good. I'm no, just. No, no, it, go it, ahead, it, go ahead. What were you saying? It's just interesting. No, 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 it's just interesting because I know, um, I know two people who work in law enforcement who have a who have arrested people because they coughed on them, the officer, on purpose. They said I'm COVID nineteen, but and started coughing on them, so they got arrested for assaulting the police officer. Oh. I never thought that we'll see a day that uh, it's coughing. It's an assault weapon. I never thought I'd see a day when the flu might be a pandemic. Well, there you go. Ban coughing. Here we go. All right. Next Florida man story. Florida man arrested at Mar-a-Lago says he came to talk to Trump about his $6.3 trillion. What? Ah, I love Florida. Yeah. He apparently. $6.3 uh, trillion? What are we talking yes. about? Yes. Brian Whitehurst, 30, of Lake Wales, was arrested on Sunday because he drove up to the president Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort, told Secret Service agent that he was there to talk to the president about his $6.3 trillion and refused to leave. That's it. He just hey, sat there. Good job, genius. Great job. That's how it works. 
That's how Look, it works. It's maybe I he kept him, trying to call ahead to get an appointment and he couldn't get the appointment, so he's like, ah, "I'll just stop by. I'll just, yeah, I'll just stop I, by. I, we'll I just, chat for a bit." It's I fine. just wish the story would say why did he want? It, why does Trump owe him six point three trillion dollars? I have no idea. That's a very great question, Mister Bias. Well, I mean, this is local ten who put the story out and. They didn't talk about it. Why, Local 10? Because they're going for the headline and the click. Crappy, crappy Hey, what story. advertisers do you see on that website that you're on right now? Do you want me to say it? Yeah. What advertisers do you see on their page? Annie Cloth. Okay, there <laughs> it is. Yep. Best new couches of 2020. Mm, shocking. Okay. People in Florida are using this device to kill viruses in their home. Okay. They, they're right. listening yeah. to me talk about it. Thank you, Siri. Mom kicked out of a water park for her bikini. Oh, by the way, uh, Siri, play the most recent episode of HR Talk. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> story! Your next story. Moving along the line right here, because Ricky's was just too weird for me to wrap my head around. And we need more details on that one. If you come up with more, let me know. This is from July 25th. Vincent Barone, Florida woman arrested for attacking dad who didn't share his medical marijuana. She popped her pop in the privates when he wouldn't share a few (laughs) puffs of the pot. This is his writing. He's a great writer. I love this. And again, I'm promoting your article through the New York Post. Stop by NewYorkPost.com. Check out. Florida woman arrested for attacking dad who didn't share his medical marijuana. Educational informational opportunity right here. A Florida woman arrested on Thursday for allegedly attacking her father and trying to grab his genitals after he refused to let her smoke his medical marijuana. Dakota, who is 22 years old, allegedly lit up with anger because her father, Luigi, had been sharing his pot with his friends, but not his own daughter. The outlet reported. Now, they came to blows at his trailer park home in the town of Sebastian, just north of Vero Beach, according to the cops. Now, Dakota attacked Luigi by pulling down, pulling him down to the ground and by attempting to grab his genitals, all of them, according to the criminal complaint. That's some. All of them. All Dakota of them. was arrested for misdemeanor battery part of the story. and genital grabbing and released from county jail Friday afternoon on $1,000 bond, which was paid by her father. Oh, <laughs> he bailed her out, huh? I bet he's still not sharing. I don't want anything to do with that it? story. Like, I again, I grabbed it for the headline, and when we got, like, two paragraphs in, I'm like, this is terrible. Ugh. I can't even. Yeah. It really is terrible. I don't, I don't want more details. I don't want more details. Woman had guns in diaper bag at Walt Disney World. Now, this happened. uh, uh, How many guns? Two, apparently. She has two guns. This happened. Yeah, two guns and some marijuana. Okay. Go go ahead and read the story. I've got questions already. All right. This is from Click Orlando. This happened in uh, actually about a week ago. A, uh, well, I don't know if it's a Florida woman. A Georgia woman was arrested at Walt Disney World after security for the Florida resort found two guns and some marijuana in her child's diaper bag, according to court documents. Where in Georgia is she from? Uh, I'm looking right now. They're not saying where she's from in Georgia. Just <laughs> saying that she's from. I know where you're going with this. I'm going to put uh, my money on Cairo. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm I don't kidding. Think so. <laughs> 
So uh, Unique Smith 27. Oh, wait, here we go. Unique Smith 27 of Stone Mountain, Georgia. There it is. There it is. Was arrested oh. July 28th. She lives uh-huh. near our friend no, Danelle. July 18th. July 18th. The what? She lives near our friend Danelle. I think he's in that area in the Stone Mountain. He's Ma- in Mississippi. No, he's in Mississippi. I don't know. We should put them in touch anyways. Go ahead. Keep reading. <laughs> we should. <laughs> so this happened on July 18th on a misdemeanor count of carrying concealed weapons and marijuana. So that's why she was arrested. Because I'm wondering, why right. did she get arrested? Right. So she's she's got a stroller and a diaper bag. And there's a child in the stroller? A seven-year-old. A seven-year-old. There's a seven-year-old in the stroller. and Oh, no. And a cell line. It's a double stroller. A seven-month-old daughter and her seven-year-old son. It's a, and they they were in the stroller. They went through the back check. The, so the three security. people. There's three people, and there's one bag and two guns, right? Yeah. She could have had, like, four more guns. She only, I mean, there's a oh gun for each God. hand right there. You know? Could have. Yeah, could she have. She could right? have. Had a little you know? yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, but she had the drugs there, okay, too. So what happened at the bag check? So, dude, so they're at the back check, and the guard spotted a nine millimeter handgun and a plastic bag containing the marijuana outside of the bag. So there's a mesh outside of the bag, and that's where she had it. That's just my then, pistol. I'm going to <laughs> Epcot. So then they decided Love to it. search further. Yeah, they found a 45 caliber handgun at the bottom of it. So a nine mil and a 45, and a 45 and some uh, marijuana. I'll tell you something. And, uh, if you're gonna mm-hmm. carry two, have the same caliber. You really right, got easier. Yeah, it just it really keeps everything easier. easier. You know. I mean, People what are you think. thinking? Right. Jeez. I mean, I mean, I mean, I get it. You forget you got your guns in your diaper bag. Yeah, sure. Well, that you happens. That. Yeah, but oh, I forgot I had a 45 <laughs> and a nine mil. You know, like grab both 45s. Hello, come on. It's amazing how absent-minded some people can be. So wait, though, you can't bring those in? No, you cannot, JC. Was it medical marijuana? Did she have a card? Oh, I don't know. There's a whole lot going on in this story right here. I don't think Disney would allow that anyway. I don't think Disney would. Well, that's the problem. With the gun, she did not have a permit. She was concealing Ah, it, and that's illegal. So that's why she got arrested. The marijuana, I don't know. Well, it says Georgia, so I'm assuming she's not a Florida resident. Therefore, the Florida medical card would not apply to her. I'm just speculating here. But, yeah, that was dumb of her. I doubt she'll ever come back. Ever. A Hernando County, Florida woman, uh, 35 years old, was arrested after deputies say she tried to use a blowtorch to burn down her former home. A witness told police her house was on fire and that Monica Gluck, 35, was spotted leaving it holding a blowtorch, according to WFLA. WFLA Action News. The witness recognized the woman because she currently lived in Gluck's former home and had interacted with her before this incident, according to the Hernando County Sheriff's Office. Now, law enforcement officials later located Gluck, and she told them that she wanted to burn it down. She wanted to burn the house down. That house has to burn down because bad things happened in that house. She was arrested <laughs> on charges of arson to a dwelling and burglary to a dwelling. Her bond was set at $20,000, account uh, according to the uh, sheriff's office. What county was that again? I'm trying to decide where. Hernando. Was it Polk County? 
Hernando County. Ah, got it. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I don't know if it was Polk County and Osceola. It would definitely make sense, but I don't know Hernando County that well. All right, my last Florida man story. Florida man arrested after hitting dad with pizza because he was mad he helped birth him. Pasco County here in the state of Florida. So he was arrested for domestic battery after admitting hitting his dad in the face with a slice of pizza because he was mad he helped birth him. After David show, 33-year-old Robert Houston held his dad down and yelled at him after shoving the pizza in his face. After letting his dad get up, Houston went outside and waited for authorities to arrive, according to the affidavit. So, <laughs> who called the cops? Houston told deputies he knew he was going to jail when they arrived on the scene. Deputies observed chunks of cheese and sauce where the incident happened, and two other family members backed up what the victim said. I guess he wasn't contesting it. Houston was taken to the Lando Lakes Detention Center. That's where they make butter. He is facing charges for domestic battery. Yeah. You know what would have been better? They really should have uh, told the part of the story that what led up, what started that conversation that got him so mad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's I'm what curious. I want to know. What, what were you talking about? Like, you know what? I'm so mad that you had any part in my creation, I'm going to smack you or shove a pizza in your face. That's dumb. That's the last one I got, brother. I don't know if I want to talk. Story. I don't know if I want to talk more. Florida man. Florida woman. Florida woman bad. finds a 65-inch TV that she liked at Walmart. It was an Android TV at that. Put it in her shopping cart and just walked out. Android TV. Okay, did she pay for it? I, I, I was moving forward to the next thing, but yeah, okay. So it was a bold attempt. Uh, looks you. like it may have been like a Samsung TV or something like that. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe a Vizio. Uh, it was sixty five inches. She put it in her shopping cart and uh, just walked out. She just walked why out. Is that a, why is that a story? She didn't pay for it. Okay, that's not unique to Florida, but all right. And then they tracked her down. Okay, and then what happened? She got in trouble with the police. Oh. In Polk County. Ah, According ah. to a Facebook post for the Polk County Sheriff's Office, the shoplifting went down around 5 p.m. July 12th at a store in Mulberry. Surveillance video caught the woman and a companion in the electronics aisle placing the box television into their shopping cart along with other items. The TV was a big boy, a 65-incher, according to authorities. Quote, If you're reading this before watching the video, you're probably asking yourself, does a 65-inch TV actually fit in a shopping cart? Read the police post. Quote, the logical answer is no, not really. Polk County Sheriffs. (laughs) If you weren't aware, there are these random lists that get put together. And uh, they they start to stack rank over the span, long span of time. The, the The history of the Florida man and Florida woman stories is absolutely unbelievable. There, there's yeah. so many amazing things that happen, and and I think it might be because the the region is like a melting pot, Rick. It really is. You 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 just have a nice eclectic flair of culture and diversity that sometimes leads to things that are a little 
off the hook, right? And in 2019, there were 10 stories that topped the list, and the top 10 of 2019 was just released for a recap as we're heading towards our mid-year mark in 2020, Rick. Here's your top 10 headlines only of Florida Man stories for 2019, if you're not aware. Florida Man and SWAT standoff for a slice of pizza. Number nine, Florida woman, (laughs) eight months pregnant, uses AR-15 to fatally shoot burglar. Okay. Number eight, deputy is facing DUI charges. Florida couple has sex in a patrol car. (laughs) Number seven, Florida man arrested after argument over cheese steak. Number six, Florida woman charged with stealing rental car says demons took it. Yeah, feasible. Number five, Florida man says wind blew cocaine into his car. It ain't mine. Happens to all of us. Number four, 93-year-old Florida man goes swimming in the Gulf for the very first time. Number three, top top three right here. Florida woman brings meth to court and tells deputies that it's makeup. Number two. Florida men arrested after baby gator forced to drink Coors Light beer. And your number one Florida story of 2019, Florida man buys 100-plus generators to send to the Bahamas. Very kind. Now, the one thing in doing some of the research over the past year or so on these Florida man and Florida woman stories, Rick, you were able to find a source that gave the top Florida stories per day. But you discovered something in the month of February. Isn't that right? I did. I did. So the Esquire, Esquire.com, they they put together the 90 wildest Florida man headlines. And it's they go day by day. And it starts with January 1st, Florida man shooting, Florida man shooting at Target and backyard hits neighbor's sitting dining room table. And it continues. It continues on January 2nd, 3rd, and it keeps going and going and going. Right. So as you go through the months, you get to you, you almost have a headline every single day, except in February, you get to February. So you get February 7th, Florida man dances through DUI sobriety test. Fe- February 8th, Florida man gets stuck to prep drag strip surface at the GTR World Cup. The 9th, Florida woman maternity photo include alligator shotgun and butt light. Yeah. But then here is the rare one. February 10th, a rare day of peace. <laughs> no Florida man headline. <laughs> All right. I have, a, I have a serious Florida. question for the HR guru. Put your hat on now, okay? Go ahead. And I'm clocking in. You have just experienced being a Florida man or Florida woman. Yeah. You're on the backside of this. You're piecing your life back together. You've mm-hmm. just been in the news, and and you are now a national treasure. How do you recover from a Florida man or Florida woman incident? And from an employer perspective, do you care? Hey, there you go. Uh, I definitely care from an employer's perspective. I also care from an employee's perspective because, you know, all these Florida man, Florida woman stories, you know you can't take them at face value. You know there's something else in there that makes it a little bit more relatable to those of us who's got some common sense. But, you know, you you got a good point. You have to wonder from an employer's perspective, what are the chances in an interview process for that position you want to fill? You're going to run into somebody who is the center subject of a Florida man, Florida woman story. 
So do you hire them? Do you not hire them? And you got to be careful because if you do hire them, if you're in a background check, you see that there's nothing officially that can stop you from hiring them. You do have to think about what kind of headlines are you going to bring into your operation? Especially with the, with the, with the cancel culture, the way things are going today, that things that you did five years ago are coming back to bite you, let alone five weeks ago. Yeah, man. So how do you handle that? As an employer, so look, as an employer, I think you should take those um, and, and, to, and review them based on its individual merit because you do – at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for the organization as an HR professional. You help, you help um, organizations move them to go from A to B. But you also got to be careful that you don't bring in any negative press or any type of an issue – employee, whatever the case may be, that can bring uh, some shade to your brand. Okay. Question. I don't know. Yeah. Question for you. And I got on your case for saying question in the beginning of the show, so I got to stop doing that. Uh Uh-huh. We need to get you a buzzer, so anytime I do that, you buzz me, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) So when we're thinking about the impact of the employee on the employer's brand, let's flip the script real quick. Okay. What about the impact of the employer's brand on the employee? You are in a good position in life. You're a rock star. You're doing good things. You've done all the right things to move up the ladder, and, and you found a new opportunity at a new employer. You take the job with the new employer, and you're settled in. It's been 90 days. Things are going great. Mm-hmm. Now the troubles start to rear their ugly head. Because over those 90 days, you come to find out that your personally identifiable information that you submitted to your employer was stolen through the Human Resource Department. Mm. Now your information's been sold on the black market. Mm. People are using your credit history and information left and right. And it's not anything to do with what you did. It's your employer's fault. They didn't make the credible investments. In identity, security, and management procedures. So when we talk about the credibility of the employee, sometimes the credibility of the employer gets brushed under the rug real quick, right? Yep. Yep. There are no laws or statutes in place that provide security and identity protection to employees in these instances, are there? Uh, Not directly. I mean, they are privacy laws out there they are there is genetic information identification protection out there as well also known as gina um but it's from what you're seeing there isn't anything in there to attack that directly because you know jc the way hr professionals and organizations the way they protect sensitive documents changes every year this time 15 years ago nobody ever thought about uh, putting documents in the cloud, quote unquote, in the cloud. Right. And 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 even and even that doesn't make sense, right? Because that's what most organizations do today. Oh, this is safe because it's in the cloud. It's not in the cloud. The this clown? is somebody else. The cloud. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought <laughs> you said the, the cloud. cloud. The clown. Well, yeah. they they be clowning people because they let people believe that Who's everything problem? is safer up there. Whose problem is it? Is it the employer's problem? Is it the software vendor's problem? If you're using an HRS system, if, if you are keeping them in the cloud, if, if there's a data breach of that nature, whose problem is it 
And who's who's the one that should be liable to take care of the employee, all the employees in this instance, to help cover you your brand? I'll tell you this. From an employer's perspective, if the employer hires a third-party administrator to handle that for them, somewhere in that contract, there's an a, it's it, somewhere in there protects that third-party administrator if they did their due diligence. Because at the end of the day, uh, outside of gross negligence or gross misconduct, any discrepancies fall on whoever ordered the contract. Now, unless there is gross misconduct, meaning somebody deliberately did something wrong, yada, yada, yada. But I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that if an organization believes that storing uh, documents in the cloud is safer than storing it in your own servers, then you are living in a fantasy world. The cloud is nothing more than somebody else's computer, just like yours, maybe a little bit more sophisticated. Question. So you got the same vulnerabilities there. I just did the question thing again. Shucks. You did. Yeah, All keep right. going. So keep going, uh-huh. <laughs> if you're thinking about a small, medium, or large-sized organization, you onboard employees, mm-hmm. why can't one of the benefits of being part of the organization be we provide identity and credit management services so that you know and you understand that it doesn't matter if you work at our facility, at your home, remotely, wherever it is, you could always VPN into our servers. We're going to make sure that we provide you a safe and secure environment, but you provide your personally identifiable information to us as well, and we will make sure that we get you signed up for... LifeLock and credit monitoring for the lifetime and, and cycle that you're working here. They are the why, why is it that health benefits are such a stress and strain, but when it comes to identity, it's, eh, Ted'll take care of it. That's a good question. It, it, it really is a good question. It, it's, it's almost as dangerous to have your it's almost as dangerous to have your ID stolen than to have your medical stuff out there. Downstairs protecting the doors of who comes into your building. Why would you not have some sort of protection for the employee? Agreed. No, you're right. And we don't. I know we don't have that. Yeah. Well I I know I'm telling you, I'm agreeing with you. Yes. (laughs) We agree. Fifty percent right. We do agree. Yeah, dude, that's a good idea. Why can organizations offer that as a benefit? I'm telling you right now, people don't like when we agree and we do it nicely. Just so you understand that. Yeah. Do you get that? No. Wait, what do I get? Okay, on this program, when we agree on something just like this, and we're kind and we're not upset about it, people don't like that. Do you get it? They hate that. I do get it. They hate you. See, I'm pissing them off now because I'm agreeing with what you're currently saying right now. I do understand. But the more aggressively you agree, the better they feel. Yeah. Let me you know because my wife is going to come in here. I'm like, why are you She's going to yell at you again, right? What are you doing <laughs> yeah. in there? Are you okay? Are you still having a medical emergency? <laughs> earlier, earlier, you and I were talking, and we, we were talking off the air, and I, I said something really loud. She walks in. Are you all right? I'm like, yeah. Mike is in front of me. I'm good. Thanks, babe. I'm looking at the door. She's not coming. We're good. What else do you have? Because I've got about five things to throw no, your way, stop. and then that's on, literally all I got. No, no, but wait. It, it, it's you. You do bring up a good point with that ID theft. Of course, because, I do. Right? Like, stop saying. Of course, stop agreeing with me, dude. People hate that. They hate it. No, look. So organizations, if you re, as an as a business owner, if you really want to be at the forefront of what a total compensation package does look like. You don't want to do what everybody else is doing. You want to set a trail on fire. You want to be that trailblazer, and you want to go ahead and offer all those things. You know what? Don't like light Claire, things on Aaron, fire. 
No, it don't like just it, it's yeah. If you do it, it it's <laughs> there's a Florida man story. Guy lights things on fire because he heard HR Talk podcast in Florida, in New York. Um, so you know what? In New York, <laughs> fire is not arson. Did you know that? Chicken wings are not food. Enough. There you go. Yeah, you see, <laughs> New York boy. Let me tell you. Um, so we need to get people in touch. You know who we need to contact? Aaron Leclaire. Remember him? No, it wasn't Leclerc. Hold on. Travel Hold is on. a benefit card. That one you're talking about. Was that about? Leclerc? Yeah, yes, yes. Tab. We need to get him back on because I want to see um, how his company is doing. If you guys remember, I'm, I'm looking to see what episode that was. We had him on and he was proposing an idea of, of for organizations to provide vacation planning, vacation funding as a benefit, meaning so back in the old days when people used to do the Christmas club, where you take money out of your paycheck, you put it aside to have money for Christmas, people do something similar. They take their money out on a pre-tax basis, put it aside in an account. I'm assuming it does um, uh, uh, accrue interest so you can plan for your vacation and finance a vacation, which I thought it was a phenomenal idea. So going along the things what you're saying, JC, organizations should not only do that, but they, they should offer some kind of ID protection because of how vulnerable. Yes, we are on the cutting edge of documentation and storing, but we're also vulnerable as well. Tucson.com, a new wave of identity fraud is sweeping the nation. Imposters are using stolen, personally identifiable information to open up bank accounts and claim unemployment benefits in the names of retirees and others who have died and have no idea that this is happening. The FBI estimates that as much as $26 billion could be stolen during this pandemic. The state of Washington has lost $660 million to this type of fraud, but has dragged down half of the amount to recover some losses ever since major data breaches in recent years at companies like Equifax and Target, a vast amount of PII personally identifiable information has been floating around in the dark web. Scammers open online bank accounts using those names, addresses, date of birth and social security numbers, but different emails that gives them access to file a claim and receive unemployment. And while you have no idea it's happening all along the way, The lure for these scammers are large checks generated because of the $600 a week federal benefit added to state unemployment benefits. Some initial claims include back payments, raising the checks to considerable sums. People have only found out about the fraud when they needed to apply for unemployment themselves. Wow. Others will learn of it next year when their state sends them a 1099G for taxable income in the form of unemployment benefits claimed. How does the state not know a deceased social security number? That makes no sense. They probably know that one. And I can't talk about that, but they probably know that one. But the, the other stuff that they're talking about right here, Rick, there's it, 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 fraud happens. Fraud happens. I know. I know. So but check this out. You're a hardworking employee. You're still working. Someone's attempting to file unemployment in your name at the same time. Uh-huh. If your employer is stepping in and helping provide some sort of some sort of managing service for your yeah. identity. Mm-hmm. It could also help thwart this and help governments yeah. across the entire country, municipalities, True. localities, etc. And, and and take this fraud and help knock it down. But from the employer perspective, my friend, why is it so complicated to say we will we will buy top tier 
identity management and protection software and services for our an entire employee base. And it may cost us, I don't know, Rick, what what would mm-hmm. it be? 200 to to $1,000 a year per employee? Like, is that too and much to not, ask? No, it's not bad. And you know what, JC? It's not complicated. Here's the problem. The problem is you've got CEOs, you've got business leaders out there, and even HR leaders out there that are not pro- forward-thinking well, it's in gonna this be, process. They're going to think about it, and they're going to say, it's not my problem. No, no, no. They're it's gonna not think my about problem. It too late. They're going to think about it way late after, I don't know, 30%, 40% of their employees get their, get, gets their ID stolen. And then the idea, the idea that, that we're talking about right now will come to fruition because of a reactive measure. Yo, we're check reacting this out. to it. Check this out. So you've got a credit report on file, that mythical beast that we all know exists out there. And you're not really allowed to see it unless you pay to see it. But you can see it free one time a year. But there's this whole thing that happens. It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. It's a mystery, mm-hmm. right? Like the coins. Yeah, that's right. Like the coins. So yeah. <laughs> so why can't there be a thing where if you actually have a job and you're generating income and that's something that's reportable to credit bureaus, the fact that you're actually making income, that you are an asset to an organization, why can't there be some sort of two-way communication between businesses and federally tax ID numbered entities communicating with credit bureau agencies to say, these are my employees, they are on staff, they work for me, and I'm paying them on a regular basis. That's it. That's it. And now you're no longer working with me? I'm going to check the box. I'm going to do that task in the HRIS system. I'm going to say you're not working for me anymore. It's going to automate those macros and report to the credit bureaus that you're not working for this employer anymore. Done. Because you will have ID theft companies with deep pockets and who's got a pretty good toolbox of lobbyists that do not want that to happen because then that's going to bite into their pie, their piece of the pie, right? If it's out there in the open, they can charge. I don't want to say they can dictate what they can charge, but if you combine all those things and, 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 and work through it through an employer as a benefit, they're going to have to rethink their whole business model because they're not going to make that much money per unit. They have to remodel their business strategy to get it on volume and not on each individual um, widget or item that they produce. So that's why that's not happening right now from their perspective, because what you're saying right now, JC, makes too much sense. It'll make too much sense and it will disrupt that business. But as a business owner, and you want to make sure that you are progressive and forward thinking in what you offer and you want to offer a compensation package that nobody else has, but you're the only one that does, you are going to retain the talent that needs to be with you. Did you hear the big news about Canada? Poutine is their national dish now? Or no? I love poutine. You hate the person I'm about to talk about, and I rarely ever talk about this guy on the show. I'm good with him. You hate him. But there was something big that happened over the past 24 hours. Okay. I'm intrigued. According to the President of the United States, we will finally allow the safe and legal importation of prescription drugs from Canada and other countries where the price for the identical drug is incredibly lowered. I read Executive about order has been signed. This is a huge game changer for our employees now and for our healthcare structures and, yep. and the cost associated with all of it. Because that $300 a pill medication that your employee may need here in the United States, they might be able to go online and get it from a subscription service from a country like Canada mm-hmm. that's completely vetted and good to go 
or maybe $30 a pill. And it's going to mm-hmm. radically change the landscape of availability for people in the marketplace. It's, it's, it's pretty wild. There's some wild so, stuff going. I did read about that on Friday, and that is – it really is awesome news. But here's, here's my skepticism coming out. What was stopping it before? What was the big issue in signing this maybe two or three years ago? Or six years ago. Or five or 20 years ago. Thank you. It's a legitimate question. What, what stopped it? I don't know. It's a All very right. good question. So obviously I'm skeptical. I'm like, ah, okay, election year. Now that pen comes out. Okay, got it. But it's, it's skepticism aside. I really am glad that that did happen because that is going to help a lot of people. It, it's look, I, I have a brother that has, I have a brother that has a severe, severe illness and the the medicine for that severe illness is thousands a month. Thousands. Insane. Just for him to live. And 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 when I start reading stories how in Canada, how in Europe, um, yeah, they pay a little bit higher in taxes, right? But they do have that social life health care. Well, it depends and of course, on, that's a whole different depends on what state you're in, Rick. Well, yeah, it does too, right? <laughs> but you know, if you go to Cuba, you see how their medical um, uh, field is there. How it's more forward, progressive, not as a business, but just to the goal of keeping people healthy. Go figure, right? Then you have to wonder why these things are either held on or executed at X point in time. But I'm happy that is happening because that is going to help a lot of people. And at the end of the day, that's all I care about. Are you ready for the real deal? I was born ready. It is time for Events. Did we not just do it? Current events right now is brought to you by our Florida Man Stories segment, which took up the majority of the show today by request. It did. <laughs> Your first current event story today. Scooter stolen from Florida Walmart returned to disabled veteran. The victim was extremely excited to get his scooter back. In Palm Bay, Florida, an 85-year-old disabled veteran was reunited with his mobility scooter after it was taken from a Walmart while he was shopping. The victim was excited to get his scooter back, said the Palm Beach Bay Police. That is your first current event story, Rick. You mean to tell me that Florida Man Stories took up the majority of this show when it came time for the current events section of the show, you couldn't find a story from the other 49 states. It still is a Florida Man story. It was so heartfelt, let me tell you. (laughs) Your second current event story today. (laughs) I love that music. You gotta love the recording. You gotta love the recording. Every time. Those yes. recorder covers are the best. Um, this is from the Union Democrat, UnionDemocrat.com. Florida man walking across the Sunshine State for, ch- <laughs> for charity. All right. So hey, this is uh, out of I Orlando, Florida. While many Floridians. <laughs> what? What? Watch it be my neighbor or me. Well, many Watch. Floridians hunkered down in the air conditioning to escape the summer heat. Riley Nutt is on a mission to walk from the Sunshine State's Atlantic coast to the Gulf Coast. His 250-mile trek aims to raise money for the Sao Paulo Mercy Ministry in Brazil, an organization supporting homeless children in the city. 
so far. The 51-year-old has raised more than $4,000 towards his current goal of $20,000 through shirt sales, a GoFundMe, and more. While the distance might seem daunting, the Volusia County resident has walked almost twice that during his first, quote, pilgrimage in Europe. And that was inspired by a PBS show with travel guru, Rick Steves. Oh! He says now we're going to talk about what a Camino is, a pilgrimage. It was just amazing, said Nut. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Don't do that. You're killing me. I can either walk and worry about ticks and snakes and bears and mountain lions and lightning strikes and death, or I could walk across one of the most beautiful areas of Europe and Spain. I could eat my way across Spain. It was a no-brainer. Nutt journeyed the Camino de Santiago for 40 days and about 500 miles from the Pyrenees Mountains of France to the Shrine of St. James in Spain before walking to Portugal as well. Quote, I walked that to raise money for Father Stephen and Mary in 2017. We raised a little over $4,000 at the time and they didn't even know that I was doing it, said Nutt. This summer, Nutt had planned to fly to Porto, Portugal, and walk 250 miles along the Atlantic coast into Spain. But when COVID-19 pandemic interrupted that plan, he had to pivot. And he chose to do a 250-mile coast-to-coast Camino. Nutt isn't camping or staying at hotels along the way. At the end of the day, his wife, Diana, she shuttles him back home to sleep before he picks up where he left off the next day. Now, recently, he walked the section of the trail that runs through Enterprise, a historical community near Deltona. And that's where Nutt has deep roots. Not only did he grow up in the town, but he also teaches art at Enterprise Elementary School, owns the town's post office, and is heavily involved with All Saints Episcopal Church. In fact, Nut Faith led him to seminary school, where he's now studying to be a priest. People can own post offices? He does. Wow. Along his coast-to-coast track, Nut is listening to Scripture and inspirational audiobooks while also praying while he walks with God. And then his wife picks him up and drives him home. And then he gets back in the car and goes back to where he left off. And he walks some more. He said he's grateful for what he's come of his efforts so far. And his wife is thankful that the car still works. (laughs) So many people don't have work right now and they're still giving. Or cars. Nutt said, everywhere I look is so amazing. I believe there's someone above protecting me while I walk. And then his wife picks him up. Now, this was a copyright from the Orlando Sentinel. We did take a little bit more than the uh, normal amount on the article right there. Uh, Stopped by the Orlando Sentinel, which was republished in the Union Democrat right there for more of the full story on Nutt and his walk. So his wife picks him up, takes him home. So picture this. Picture this, right? Break it down, because I know you're (laughs) capturing this now. He lives in Daytona. (laughs) No, Deltona. 
no, no. Hold on. Hear me out. Which is not too far from Daytona. Okay. He lives in Deltona, which is near Daytona on the east side of the state. He's walking. Orlando picks him up, takes him back home. Uh, Lake Buena Vista picks him up, takes him back home. Once you start getting to Tampa. <laughs> pick him up. Take him home, Rick. You mean to tell me she has to drive an hour and a half to pick him up? Yep. <laughs> take him another hour and a half home. That's three hours in the road. I want to know how he marks the ground where he left off. I'm sure he pees on it like a dog does. This is mine. No? Dogs don't do that? Oh, they don't talk. I know. I'm dumb. I'm sure he marks it. I'm sure he's got a marker or something. Who cares? There's a landmark. That McDonald's. We're going to stop right there. Pick me up there. Because I'm sure she talks to him, right? She doesn't stop off the side of I-4. Super sure cool, though. Super cool, though, that... Uh, uh, amidst yeah. all the COVID-19, he took the opportunity to do the 250-mile trek here uh, in Florida rather than <laughs> in Portugal. Unbelievable. I just realized that I'm assuming he's taking I-4. I'm sure he's taking back roads. Yeah, he's probably For not sure. walking I-4, Rick. Yeah, I doubt it, man. I doubt it. He was talking about mountain bears and lions and tigers. I don't know, man. You'll be, find, you be finding some of that stuff in Florida. You'd be surprised where you would find. Heck, there's a there's a Netflix documentary built surrounding tigers in Florida. So that happens. Mountain bears, mountain tigers, mountain lions. I don't know what else is out there, but I'm sure he'll run into it. Actually, to him, I'm sure he sees a big cat. Ooh, that's a mountain lion. Well, our uh, last story for you doesn't need any music. <laughs> and um, our last current event story, which could also double as a Florida story. Uh, but not a Florida man story in particular. This is from Ocala.com. Ocala's indoor flea market is planned for the former Kmart site. Uh, Troy and his wife Tina are talking about plans for the Boulevard Flea Market, an indoor flea market planned for the 112,000-square-foot former Kmart store near the intersection of Silver Springs Boulevard and Northeast 36th in downtown Ocala. They're going to move forward with those plans it was a former Kmart location on East Silver Springs Boulevard, and it's going to transform into the Boulevard Flea Market. And they're looking forward to good things for good people in the good city of Ocala, Rick. Back to you. I'm happy. I'm happy the flea market gets to flourish like that. It's just so, it's so heartwarming, JC, to know that with everything happening people, Ocalians, can still gather together in their old pastime of flea market. don't even know why it's called flea market. One of, sure one they, of the good things in the uh, article, Rick, at some point. there will uh-huh. be no secondhand stuff. You can't sell anything that's counterfeit or anything unethical or illegal, he said. So they do have some rules as well. Okay, so it's not a flea market then, because that literally is the core values of a flea market. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of think it's probably just going to be like a, a Kmart, like a Ted It's just a Kmart, something. pretty much. Yeah. A Dollar General, right? A Dollar General. <laughs> That's the next yes. step up. <laughs> Sorry, Dollar General. It's, it's right along those lines. Hey, uh, we are at that hour in the show where it's time to get things wrapped up. Rick, over to you for your final thoughts, please. Uh, you know what, JC? Things are getting more and more bizarre nationwide statewide locally it's it's just bizarre and i know we were a little bit it's we focus a lot on florida man stories today but you know what it's i know we we talked about it it, but that that was to have fun right no no i know i know i know i didn't know no i can't you where where i'm going with it is is that we do poke fun of it right but right now 
um, even before this whole pandemic, there was a big issue with mental health. And it's it still is an issue, but it gets amplified two and threefold with everything happening. So just it's just all I'm asking for everybody to be business owners, HR, just a regular human being. Just be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. You never know what kind of a fight the other person is having. You never know how how close the other person is is it is to losing just their everlasting mind. So be kind to each other as a human being. Be kind to each other as a coworker. But more importantly, be kind to each other as an as a leader. And, and you'll be uh, surprised um, how people will follow you that way. Just to clarify, you said human being, not being, <laughs> not like a lima bean or a refried bean. A no, being. it's not lima bean. Being human being. God, I have to enunciate my under human being. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what I did? Uh, part of my final thought here to kick things off. Um, I did a thing this week, Rick. What'd you do? I recorded a new audio package for a sports team in the UK. Do you want to hear it? Oh, yes, absolutely. to the Spurs News Podcast, the home for discussion on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. That's pretty good. It's the Spurs News good. Podcast, man. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs. They've got 60,000 followers on Facebook. They've got a decent uh, following on their podcast. I've been their audio guy for a while. They've got their 100th episode coming up, so I cut a special intro for them and then did a nice. whole music refresh. Um yeah, so I think their hundredth episode is recording this weekend. There's a special intro on it. I I can't play it during our program, uh, but it should be dropping around the same time as as our show. So uh, yeah, def- definitely something that's going to be fun and exciting to check out. This is in the UK, right? That's correct. The Tottenham okay. Spurs. So I want to yeah, know. I can't get work here how, in the states for some reason. No, no, but I'm just trying <laughs> to figure out. How they, how the audience over there would receive that intro would probably be equal to how our audience would receive our intro from somebody with an English accent. Dude, they love it. They eat it up. Yeah? Yeah, 100 yeah. episodes okay. later and they can't get enough. Let me ask you something. Go ahead. What was mm-hmm. uh, your mascot in high school? Ah, oh, the Trojan. Evans Trojans. Evans Trojans. Trojans, yes. Okay. Stand by. The Trojans are ready to explode all over the field. (laughs) No comment at all. Yeah. Not going to go well with high school kids. I don't know why, but yeah, I I can't, for some reason, I can't get the opportunity to do it for like actual sports teams here. Why? So I I don't know what it is. Maybe I could get a break one of these days, but for the meantime, I've got the Spurs out of the UK behind me right there and their podcast. Look, ladies and gentlemen, I'm JC. On behalf of Ricky, I'd like to turn it over to him briefly to tell you the best ways to reach us. Ricky... HR Talk. We are everywhere. We are on TikTok. TikTok. We are on Facebook, LinkedIn. We are also on Twitter and Instagram. Just look for us, HR Talk, HR Talk Podcast, or you can download us at your from your favorite 
podcast platform. Folks, let us know how you feel. Let us know how, what do you think about the show. Give us a review. Give us a like. Give us a share. And look for us live at the end of this coming month. Georgia. August 30th. Sorry. August 30th at HR Florida Conference. We're going to be there live. So uh, look for special interviews and special sessions. Everything is just so special. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Ricky Baez and the entire administrative team at Baez Co-Learning Industries Incorporated, or whatever the frig they're called, it's been our pleasure to be here for you today. Ricky, what's it called? Is Baez Co-Learning? Baez Co-Learning Training and Development. But it's LLC or something, right? It is LLC, Limited Liability Company. Yes, sir. On behalf of all them, as well as us, it's been our pleasure <laughs> to be here for you today. I'm JC. That's Ricky Baez. Drive safe. Have a great night. I'm going to go get me a Klondike. It is not hot down here.